Welcome. You're listening to Latin Waves with your hosts, Sylvia and Stuart Richardson. Latin Waves is more than just hot rhythms. This is a show about community, about creating a culture that is inclusive and based on fairness. Because everyone deserves dignity, respect, and has something to contribute. A new world is possible, and it all starts with us. I am delighted to be joined by Jorge Martí. He is the Secretariat of Hensa Venezuela. Welcome to our show, Jorge. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you, as always. Now, Latin America has been in the front page news, if you like, with mass protests intensifying in Peru. Can you talk a little bit about what led to the protests and why we need to pay attention to this moment in Latin America? Yes, the immediate reason for all these protests is what happened on the 7th of December. On the 7th of December, uh, uh, the president of Peru, Pedro Castillo, who had been elected in June 2021, made a televised uh, address to the country. And he explained that the Congress had not allowed him to uh, rule the country according to the program he was elected for. And uh, as a result of this, he was uh, using his constitutional powers to dismiss Congress and call for new parliamentary uh, elections within a period of four months. And he also announced that he was going to conduct a, a referendum on the convening of a constituent uh, assembly. He then called on the people to come out on the streets to uh, support him. Uh, and then from that point uh, on, events developed very quickly. The dominant capitalist media started to say that this was a, a coup by Castillo, and they compared it to the coup that uh, Fujimori had carried out in the early 1990s. And then uh, uh, immediate, very quickly, most of the members of his uh, own cabinet resigned, came out against him, uh, and then the, there was a danger that the president was going to be arrested by police and military forces who came out against his decision to disband uh, Congress, despite the fact that this decision was completely democratic. And then uh, he attempted to reach the Mexican embassy for, to, to ask for asylum, but he was arrested by his security detail before he could, could get there. And since that day, he has been in jail then. Uh, at 5 p.m. the same day, the Congress had a meeting and uh, a session of Congress in which there was a motion to remove President Castillo from uh, power. But this motion was carried out through with many irregularities. The, the minimum number of votes required was 104. The motion only got 101. Uh, the president has the right to defend himself when such a motion is put uh, to Congress. He was not allowed to defend himself. He was in jail at that time. He was in detention. And uh, from that moment on, the, the, the Congress uh, took the oath from a new president, who was Dina Boluarte, who had been uh, Castillo's vice president. And basically, what, this is what, what happened on the 7th of December. The, pre, the democratically elected president, Castillo, Pedro Castillo, was removed and uh, a new president was installed in a, in a completely undemocratic uh, manner. And you can only describe that as a coup, basically, the breach of the Constitution, breach of the democratic rights. And this is what led to these protests. Mi millions of people in uh, Peru had voted. 
for Pedro Castillo to be the president, his vote was particularly strong in his home region of Cajamarca in the north, but also in all the poorer, more working class, peasant, indigenous uh, provinces and departments in the south, in the Andean uh, region. And uh, the people basically said, look, we elected this person to be the president. And now this Congress, which is full of uh, thieves and uh, people who are corrupt and political crooks, they now decided to remove the president. We do not accept this. The sovereignty resides in the, in the people. What is the reason why the Congress removed uh, the president? This was a move carried out in conjunction with the U.S. Embassy uh, and, and all the powers that be in the country, the capitalist media, which is extremely concentrated in a few groups, the economic power, which is uh, controlled by 17 uh, families, uh, and the right-wing and left, so-called left-wing parties alike. Well, what's the reason why they wanted to remove uh, Pedro Castillo? Is because Pedro Castillo represented something different. He came to power at the head of the Peru Libre, party, which uh, had been established uh, recently. He is someone who was known for being uh, a trade union leader of the teachers union and also coming from a peasant rural uh, background in Cajamarca, in the north of the, of the country. And his main election slogan was never again poor people in a rich country. And this slogan really uh, galvanized, crystallized the, the very widespread feeling of opposition to the whole of the political and economic establishment in uh, Peru. Peru has had uh, many political crises in the last few years. This, they, they've had uh, six different presidents. Most of them have uh, been indicted for corruption scandals, are either in jail. Uh, one of them committed suicide when he was uh, investigated for corruption. So this, this is basically the situation, is a, is, a, is a country which has been dominated by a powerful capitalist oligarchy in conjunction with mining multinationals from Canada, the United States, China, and so on. And it's a very wealthy country, it has many mineral resources, oil, gas. And, uh, but however, the majority of the people live in poverty, it has one of the lowest rates of corporation tax anywhere in the, in the world, extremely deregulated labor market, which basically means that the bosses can do whatever they want with the workers. And conditions of exploitation in the countryside and in the mining areas, which are very uh, dire. Uh, and Castillo represented opposition to all of this. It has to be said that once Castillo came to power, he started making concessions to the ruling class when uh, the army high command did not like his foreign affairs minister, Behar, they, he removed him. When the bosses confederation, the oligarchy started protesting against his uh, prime minister, Guido Bellido, he removed him. Uh, and so on, he started making all sorts of concessions, moderating his language, he abandoned his uh, peasant hat, which he had worn at, at the beginning of his presidency, and he adopted a more serious business-like uh, style of uh, dressing. But none of this mattered because the oligarchy didn't accept, couldn't stomach the idea of someone coming from the people, uh, a working-class uh, person, in this case a teacher, who uh, was also from a rural background, 
being the president of the of the country. This this rich oligarchy, capitalist oligarchy in Peru, they think that they have the God-given right to rule the country and they couldn't accept an outsider being the president, even though he had already made uh, plenty of concessions to him. And that's why they organized the coup. And since then, we've seen mass protests uh, every day, uh, and, and over 20 people have been killed by, by police and army repression. This is the, the origins of these mass protests in, in Peru against the, the, the coup against President Castillo. I guess I'm disappointed that, you know, as you say, as soon as he got elected, he started to make concessions. But I'm also aware that he's only one person and it's really difficult to create change, you know, that has been so ingrained in the juridical systems that have been in place from a time of colonial you know, uh, process, and we're still there. We're still in the we're using the same colonial tools, the same imperialistic um, tools that we inherited. And so, it's surprising that our you know the president that was elected that came from a peasant background that represented the poor cannot get the job done. On the fifteenth of December, there was a national general strike. That had been coming, had been building up from the bottom up, from the south, from the north, from the poorer regions, with road blockades and so on. And there was a national general strike faced with this situation, with road blockades in many of the provinces. And also, the people were using Article 46 of the Peruvian Constitution, which says that the people have the right to uh, rebel, to rise up against the government that's illegitimate. So they were saying they were declaring themselves in state of rebellion. They were blockading the roads, occupying the airports and uh, taking over uh, uh, infrastructure. So the, the way that uh, Dina Boluarte responded to this was uh, massive rejection of his uh, presidency. You have to remember that the Congress is extremely discredited. Even before these events, 83% of the population were against Congress. And Congress is the one who's uh, appointed this new president, who is extremely unpopular. So in, in response to this mass movement, Dina Boluarte declared the state of emergency throughout the country for 30 days, which uh, basically suspends all democratic rights, the right of uh, freedom of uh, movement, the right of assembly, the right of demonstration, and so on. And, and then brought the army out on the streets. What happened next as a, as a consequence was completely predictable. The army used weapons of war, assault rifles, uh, to face the unarmed demonstrators. And I think that up to this day, 25 people have been killed. The big majority, including two uh, underage uh, kids, and the majority of them have died from uh, gunshot wounds fired by the army and the police. This is, a, this is a massacre. In one day alone, on the 15th of December, in Ayacucho, nine people were killed, an, an absolute bloodbath. This is the resp direct responsibility of Dina Boluarte and all those who organized this coup. The second part is, is what you were saying about using the same mechanisms and so on. It is true that uh, Pedro Castillo was facing a very difficult situation. He had won the presidential election by a very small margin against Keiko Fujimori, who is the daughter of Fujimori, the person who carried out the coup and, and ruled 
uh, as a dictatorship in uh, in the 1990s. He's a right-wing uh, demagogue. He's basically the, the Peruvian equivalent of uh, Donald Trump. Uh, extremely conservative, reactionary, appealing to reactionary uh, ideas and so on. But he won, Pedro Castillo won the election by a very small margin, but he didn't have a parliamentary majority. He, he had 15 members of parliament from his own party, Peru Libre, and another five from another party who, which was supportive. But uh, this is out of a parliament that has, I think, 140 members of parliament. So his situation was very, very complicated. That has to be said. And at that time, we pointed out that there were only two alternatives. If he, one was to appeal to the mass mobilization of the people outside the parliamentary channels in order to overcome this weakness in parliament, to convene a national uh, assembly to discuss a new constitution, was an idea that had been put forward during his campaign. And this, this will have been a, a very positive one. That the constitution in Peru is now, now dates from 1993 and was uh, enacted during the Fujimori uh, dictatorship. This was the only option that he had. If he remained within the limits of this parliamentary balance of power, then he was completely uh, cornered. And for one reason or another, I mean, he was extremely isolated in the presidential palace under the pressure of the oligarchy and so on. He made concession after concession. He even traveled to the United States where he met with the mining chamber of commerce, promised uh, the mining uh, multinationals better conditions, when, which was the opposite of what he said during his election campaign. During the election campaign, he said he wanted to renegotiate the mining contracts so that Peru will, uh, ben- Peruvian people will benefit more from them and so on. Now, you are completely right. The political structures and institutions of power in Peru, as in most Latin American countries, were created about 200 years ago. In fact, this was the, the year of, uh, uh, that marked 100 uh, centenary of Peru's uh, independence. But all these countries have been ruled by an oligarchy which uh, inherited the, the colonial uh, power structures. And this oligarchy is composed of uh, bankers, landowners, mining uh, executives, the owners of the media. And in the case of Peru, you can narrow it down to 17 economic groups, powerful economic groups, which control most of the economy. And they are all linked to different uh, oligarchic uh, families. They have ruled the country forever. The, the Peru has a long revolutionary tradition, and there has, there has been a left-wing uh, military government of Velasco Alvarado. Then there was, uh, there was the, na- the big national constituent assembly of the 1970s. There's a mass movement for agrarian uh, reform led by uh, Hugo Blanco, uh, peasants' uh, uprisings. But nevertheless, this, the, the, so far, they have all ended up in uh, defeat. And in my opinion, until and, un, and unless the question of economic power is dealt with, there will be no uh, fundamental change. And for me, the, this change goes through, through the expropriation of these 17 groups, national and multinational, which control the economy. There's no reason, as, as Pedro Castillo correctly said in his election campaign, there's no reason why there should be poor people in a country that's very rich, it's very wealthy, 
in all sorts of resources. And the only reason is that this is happening is, is because these resources are in the hands of a, of a handful of people who are not elected, but they, in practice, they rule, they rule the, the country. And I will say that the, the people in Peru are acutely aware of this. Uh, already about 10 years ago, they elected another left-wing president, Omala Ullanta, and this president also made a deal with the oligarchy even before he was sworn in. So what we've seen in the last few days is the emergence of a whole number of organizations in the different provinces and regions, which, are, which go by different names in some places called the Defense Front, in another place it's called the United um, Coordination of Struggle. Basically, what is happening is that the people are organizing themselves, and I think that this is the way forward. They are organizing themselves through elected uh, delegates from the different organizations in struggle, trade unions, student organizations, peasant uh, organizations, and so on, in order to coordinate themselves. And what I will say is that... Uh, these demonstrations, what they put on the table is the question of who rules the country. Is it, is it the mass of people who democratically elected the president or is it the unelected oligarchy who decided to remove him from power? And once this question is posed, it can only be resolved in favor of the oligarchy or in favor of the mass of working people, peasants, and so on. And I will say that, that all these different organizations of struggles will unite in a national revolutionary assembly, and this national revolutionary assembly should say, look, we represent the people, we should rule the, the country. That's the only way. And then through that, you can do away root and branch with all these institutions, the judiciary, the army, the Congress, the presidential institution, and so on, which have uh, ensured the rule of the oligarchy for the last uh, 200 years. You know, when I think about um, all the ways that peoples are minoritized, you know, we are not the minority, but we come minoritized by all this power being concentrated in the hands of so few and all these old tools that are continually uh, being used against the people in the case of the juridical branch of power you know laws are always made after the fact to justify the massacres to justify the dispossession to justify the displacement of people it wasn't that long ago you know that we had dirty wars in latin america it wasn't that long ago that some of the people who are now sitting in the juridical um, offices of Peru were leading crimes against the population. So what what inspires you that we are able to change it, that we can not only uh, see a way out, but actually change um, this 200-year-old yeah. system? What, what you say is very true. In fact, the, the, the judicial branch of uh, power has played a key role in this coup in Peru. For instance, in the afternoon of December the 7th, after the president had made his uh, speech, his appeal, and his de he decreed the closing down of Congress, then the state prosecutor, which is supposed to be responding to the presidential office, but the state prosecutor issued an, an arrest warrant for the president on charges of rebellion. Charges of rebellion were completely false. But nevertheless, he managed to then get a judge to sign it 
And then he managed to get the police and the, the army to execute this uh, arrest warrant. This shows you how, in reality, there is no such thing as independent bourgeois institutions. The, the so-called separation of division, separation of powers, doesn't really exist. All powers respond to the interest of the capitalist uh, oligarchy. And then, as you just uh, mentioned, there was another judge who, on the 15th, decreed pre-trial detention for another 18 months. This is completely scandalous. I mean, uh, the president, President Castillo has only been in power for 16 months. So now he's uh, going to be longer in jail than he's been allowed to rule the, the country or to stay in the presidential office. It's a complete uh, travesty. And as you say, most of these people, the army high command, the judges and so on, they presided over the Fujimori dictatorship when uh, the army carried out a dirty war against uh, peasant communities and under the excuse of fighting terrorism of the Shining Path uh, guerrilla group, they basically attacked the peasant communities, uh, killed trade union organizers, peasant organizers, thousands of people were killed in that period. When the foreign affairs minister of Castillo, Hector Bejar, dared to mention this, which is now been established as a fact by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, when he said that the army had carried out a dirty war against the peasant population, he was then uh, immediately attacked by the army high command, and they put so much pressure on Castillo until he removed his foreign affairs minister just for telling the truth. Uh, this is the way uh, things work in Peru, but it is very similar to the way things work in other Latin American countries. What inspires me? To think that they can they can be changed against such powerful forces. Well, I would say that the last seven days or ten days of mobilizations in Peru have been really impressive and very inspiring. It shows that when working people move, start to move, there's no force on earth that can uh, really stop them. And they have a very clear instinct. They they not only demonstrated on the streets, they started to organize. They uh, took over and blockaded the main roads in the country. They started to take over critical infrastructure. And I just saw a video yesterday of a peasant indigenous woman from Ayacucho, and she's responding to the, to the speech by the president, Dina Boluarte, which she made on, she made on Sunday evening. And, and this peasant woman don't know her name, it's not, it's not recorded in the, in the video, but she's basically saying we've had enough. We don't want any more oppression and we are prepared to go uh, to any lengths in order to put an end to this situation and if they are to kill all of us, so be it. This is the real uh, voice of uh, Peruvian workers and peasants who have had enough. I've had enough of this situation where the oligarchy rules and uh, she said, this woman was also saying, look, we elected our president and now they're throwing our democratic rights into the dustbin, into the rubbish bin. And we're not going to allow this. And everyone was responding in a very enthusiastic uh, manner. The people came out on the streets on the 15th, despite the fact that there was a state of uh, emergency and people were not supposed to be demonstrating. And they knew that the army was going to be on the streets. They still came out. In Ayacucho, for instance, in the south of the country, there was a big demonstration on the 15th, on the day of the general strike, 
And the army tried to prevent the demonstrators from reaching the city center, the Plaza de Armas, the main square in uh, Huamanga. But tens of thousands of people, unarmed, with their bare hands, they, with, their, with, their, with their bodies, just pushed their way through uh, uh, army uh, blockades and entered into the main square. And they were shouting, we are fighters, we are not terrorists. Because this is the other thing, because of the history of the Shining Path terrorist uh, organization, uh, now in Peru, the oligarchy is saying that, that behind these demonstrations is Shining Path. They, these people are not protesters, that they are terrorists. And this is a very dangerous thing, because in the past, simply the allegation of someone being a terrorist could uh, get you killed by the army straight away. And so this is a very dangerous uh, move by, by the mass media, by the oligarchy. People were not afraid of this. They, they broke through uh, military uh, army lines and they took over the main uh, square in Huamanga uh, in, in Ayacucho. And then they moved to take over the, uh, the airport. This is the spirit, the rebellious spirit of the Peruvian uh, people, which goes back centuries. You can, you can trace it back even to the Tupac Amaru uh, uprising in 1780, when Tupac Amaru and his, and his wife, Bartolina Sisa, led a major uprising against Spanish colonial power. This spirit is still there, and this is what gives, uh, the, which will give us hope, and uh, hope, hope that things can change, that uh, working people, the workers, the peasants, the students, the student youth, they are able and willing to change society in a fundamental way. We don't know how this movement is going to end. Obviously, 25 people have been killed already. There is now a lull in the movement, but the movement will come back uh, with, with renewed force in the next few hours or in the next few days. Because the president is uh, the, the, the illegitimate president, Dina. Boluarte is extremely unpopular, uh, has a high degree of uh, uh, disapproval from public uh, opinion. She's already had to, two ministers have resigned. She's already had to, to carry out a ministerial reorganization. And it's not very clear that she will last for long. In any case, the people don't want her. And sooner or later, they will be able to, to remove her from from power. Now, that's what's really inspiring the, the movement of the people in the face of brutal repression. I guess the last word goes to you. What do you hope to see be the response of communities around Peru and worldwide? Yes, I think that uh, our duty outside of Peru is to mobilize the maximum support and solidarity with the Peruvian uh, people. This is not just a minor thing. It's not just a protest demonstration. What has happened in Peru is a coup, a, a coup against a democratically elected government who is now in jail. And, and his only crime was to come from the working class, from a peasant uh, background. That's his only crime. And 25 people have been killed by the army and the police in the repression in this protest against the coup. We should be out on the streets. We had a, a solidarity picket here in London. Uh, we need to mobilize the maximum solidarity. Our class is one class worldwide, the working class. And we need to be supporting uh, each other. And in uh, this particular time, we need to be supporting the Peruvian uh, workers and peasants. But we should all rally because right now, What's happening in uh, Peru is uh, crucial for, for the future of, of, of basic democracy, isn't it? I mean, people have the right to elect their own president. 
and uh, we should all rally to that uh, cause. Thank you so much for being with us today. How can people access your work? Yes, uh, I, I um, the secretary of the Hands of Venezuela campaign, as you have mentioned, Hands of Venezuela can be found on social uh, media and on our website, handsofvenezuela.org. And I encourage all, everyone to follow uh, news updates on what is happening in uh, Peru and try to organize as much as possible solidarity and uh, support for the Peruvian uh, working people fighting to defend democracy and against this uh, illegitimate government installed by a coup of uh, Dina Boluarte. The main demands of the, of the Peruvian people are freedom for Castillo, uh, Boluarte out, closing down of Congress and new uh, elections and a constituent assembly. These are all basic democratic demands that we can all and should all support. Thank you again for being with us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Latin Waves. Latin Waves is an independently produced syndicated radio program made available for free to campus and community radios and also to the world at latinwavesmedia.com.